Greetings. Welcome to all our listeners of Srimad Devi Bhagavat. Now we shall listen to Chapter 6, Episodes 10, 12 and 13. Three kinds of karmas, yuga, dharma, duties suitable for a particular age, sacred places of pilgrimage, cleansing of attention and cause of dispute between Vasista and Vishwamitra. Raja Janmaje asked Brahmin, you have told me the strange story of Indra. You have also told me of the help given by Bhagavati Jagadamba. But I am curious to know as to why after getting the throne of heaven, Indra got caught in this vortex of intolerable suffering and distress. After performing 100 Ashwamedha sacrifices, he merited the throne of heaven. All the gods accepted his rulership. How did he fall from his position? Kindly tell me the cause of this. Suji says, Shaunakji and all respected rishis, when King Janmajay asked this question, Satyavati Nandan Vyasji was pleased and gave a detailed answer. Vyasji says, Rajendra, I will tell you the most amazing cause for this. Listen, learned men have classified and results of actions as those accumulated from the past, those merited from the present and those provided by destiny or fate. The fruits of actions of thousands of past births are called Satchit. After the actions are again divided into Satvik, Rajas and Tamas, Rajan the accumulated good and bad actions of many previous births appear in the present life as virtue or villainy. And the doer has got the experience it all beings are governed by this law in every birth. The living being accumulates these karmas. The actions that are presently performed are called present karmas. The living which takes on a body commits actions according to the good or bad tendencies or inclination. Once the body is assumed, the process of action starts. Instigated or caused by fate, those should be considered as karmas or fate, which disappear as soon as the fruit is experienced. Being Beings have compulsorily to experience or fulfill the fruits of fate. There is no doubt in this Rajendra. It is an absolute fact that all the actions of previous birth, whether good or bad, produce their reactions or fruits in the present birth. And it is inevitable that one has to experience it. Maharaj, man, gods, yakshas, rakshasas, gandharvas and kinaras all are bound by this law. Karma is the main causal in assuming a body. Once the karmas are paid for, the life ends. One should not doubt this. Rajan, 
Indra and all the Devas, the Danvas, Yakshas and Gandharvas are all supervened to this law. All the happiness and sorrows that one has to face are the results of fruits of actions of previous births. So it is clear that the collection of karmas of all previous births come one by one as fruits which have to be born in this lifetime. This rule is also for the gods and it was due to this destiny that Indra had to suffer so many hardships. Rajan, Nara and Narayana have taken birth in the house of Dharma on his sons. They are the partial incarnations of Bhagwan Narayana. They again again manifested as Sri Krishna and Arjuna. The Munis have made a thorough study of this Puranic story. Their view is that if anyone is endowed with the exceptional Shakti, he should be considered the partial incarnation of some Deva. All those who are very strong, very fortunate and very wealthy, very wise and very generous are all considered partial incarnations of the Devas. Rajan, this same consideration has been made in the case of the Pandavas. It is only for the fulfillment of fate that one has to assume a material body. As soon as body is acquired, the person can never avoid the motions of happiness and sorrow. No living being is free from this. The ever-watchful fate exerts its authority and discipline. They never, the ever-supervient beings are in its way of birth and rebirth. By the law of this fate, the Pandavas were caused to live in the forest. Then they were exerts its authority and discipline. The ever-supervient beings are in its way of birth and rebirth. By the law of this fate, the Pandavas were caused to live in the forest. Then they were caused to live in the house. After this, they were caused to perform the foremost Rajasuya Yagya, a sacrifice which only a universal monarch is entitled to perform. Then again, they had to go to the forest and suffer great hardships. Rajan, movement of fate is unstoppable. Vyasti says, Rajan, in accordance with time, each yuga has its own characteristic type of people. No one should think differently because the dharma of that yuga is the prime causal. All those who are absorbed in dharma have taken birth in Satya Yuga, Golden Age. Those who interest in dharma and wealth took birth in Treta Yuga, the Silver Age. Those interested in dharma wealth, desires have already taken their birth in Dwapar and those whose only interest is in wealth and bodily desires have taken birth now in Kali Yuga, the Iron Age. Rajendra, the dharma of Yuga cannot be changed again and again. Righteousness and unrighteousness, dharma and adharma of a Yuga is arranged by fate. Raja Janmajay asked, Most fortunate one, where are all the dharmic punya atmas of Satya Yuga residing now? 
Most respected grandfather, please also tell me where those saints of Treta and Dwapar Yuga are residing. And what about those wicked, shameless, steeped in sin, who scorn and detract the Vedas, who have now taken birth in Kali Yuga? Where will they go in Satya Yuga? Please tell me all this very simply and clearly, as I have always desired to know. Vyasti says, Rajan, all the Satya Yuga, Satya Yugi people who are born on this earth perform their body on their holy works and always go to Devloka. All categories of men, Brahman, Kshatriya, Vaishya and Sudra do pious works, live in a dharmic life and obtain a place in heaven. Truthfulness, mercy, generosity, faithful to one man or woman, bear no malice or hatred and treat all men as equal. These are the qualities of the dharma of Satya Yuga. Any being who deserves this way of life becomes entitled to a place in heaven. Even those in the lowest strata like, strata like dhobis can attain heaven if they live a righteous life. Rajan, this system also applies to those born in Treta and Dwapar Yuga. It is in Kali Yuga that mostly sinners take their birth. For them, hell is their residence. They continue to stay in hell until such time as a new yuga starts. Then again they take a human birth and come on this earth. Rajan, when the age of Kali is completed, then Satya Yuga starts. And at that time the holy realized souls take their birth and enhance the glory of the earth. In the same way, when Dwapara ends, Kali Yuga starts. All the sinners stillly move from hell to earth. Kali is the embodiment of the period abounding in sinfulness. Therefore, the population of that yuga is of the same low quality. Sometimes, by chance, contrary arrangements are made for beings. So many souls who should be born in Kali Yuga get a birth in Dwapar. Similarly, Satya Yugi and Treta Yugi souls become polluted or defiled and have compulsorily to take birth in Kali Yuga and suffer for their former actions and misdeeds. Many Kali Yuga souls get birth in Dwapar Yuga. Janmaje asked, Most auspicious one, which Yuga embodies which Dharma? Please tell me in detail. Vyasji says, O King, listen, I will explain by giving you an example. Even a sadhu or saint's attention can come under the influence of a yuga and become defiled. Just like what happened to your father. Even though he lived a dharmic and righteous life and was a great soul, he came under the influence of Kali. His mind became irrational and he committed an indignity and insult on a Brahman. Otherwise, how else could a man of high birth in the lineage of Yayati drape a dead snake on the neck of meditating Tapasvi? Rajin, this was the effect of the Yuga. 
It is a fact that in Satya Yuga, Brahmins were scholars of the Vedas. Through them was performed continuous and unceasing worship of Bhagavati Jagadamba. They were filled with ardor and intense longing for a darshan of Devi Bhagavati. They used to spend all their time in meditation upon Gayatri, on pranayam, process of restraining breath, and chanting of sacred mantras. Their primary chanting was pure and holy Maya beach. Their greatest desire was establishment of Shakti temples in every town and village. Almost every person observed truth, compassion and purity in their interaction with each other and in the execution of their duties. They were all fit to be called Brahmins as they had full knowledge of Brahma. The main job of the Kshatriyas of Satya Yuga was the sustenance and maintenance of their subjects. The Vaishyas carried out their trading, farming and agriculture. During the auspicious Satya Yuga, the sole interest of the Shudras was to be of service of others. In that foremost of Yugas, all persons belonging to all Shastras of society worshipped Bhagavati Shakti Jagadamba. This state of Dharma existed also in the Treta Yuga but it began to decline and decrease. The state that prevailed in Satya Yuga became much less in Dwarpa Yuga. All those who were considered demons and Rakshasas in the ancient Yugas began to be considered as Brahmins in Kali Yuga. Because the priestly class of the present times indulged in sanctimonious hypocrisy and hypocrisy and blasphemy. It has become the nature of Kali Yuga Brahmins to cheat, to tell lies and to make a mockery of Vedic tenets and rites. They never read the Vedas. They serve the low-minded Shudras. Pious, frauds and deceivers are considered shrewd and smart. Brahmins are ambitious. They indulge into false propaganda. They support false gurus. They condemn the Vedas and indulge into debates and arguments. As Kali Yuga advances, there is steadily decline of Dharma and the truth. Gradually, the Kshatriyas, Vaishyas and Shudras get influenced and become adharmic. All persons start committing sin and telling lies without any fear or hesitation. Rajan, the Kali Yuga Brahmins who have the mentality of Shudras are only interested in collecting donations and payments for services rendered. When Kali Yuga is well into its middle period, liberty and willful independence will grow among the women. Women will become immoral, wayward, greedy, despotic and filled with worldly desires and attachments. These base and despicable women all behave in a lewd and indelicate manner and speak snobbishly and shamelessly. They will have to suffer never-ending woes and tribulations. These Kali Yugi women will deceive their husbands on one side 
and give big lectures on dharma on the other these are the signs for identifying the wicked and unprincipled women of kali yuga rajin if food and drink are pure and unadulterated then the attention can remain pure if the attention is pure and clean dharma will automatically bloom and evolve when there is pollution in morality and virtuous conduct then dharma also gets adulterated and when dharma gets adulterated it is inevitable that the contamination enters all classes of people rajan people of kaliyuga are barefoot and deficient in every dharma that exists all living things in kaliyuga have this misfortune that they are minus dharma this is the characteristic of kaliyuga rajan those who commit sin continuously under the influence of kaliyuga can never atone by ordinary penance janmaje asked bhagavati bhagwan you are knowledgeable about all dharmas you have made a deep study of all the scriptures what will be the fate of these people of kaliyuga stricken with disease of dharma adharma stricken with the disease of adharma that is no dharma also if there is any possible way of cleansing these sins please be kind and tell me vyas ji says maharaj there is one and only one way for washing away even the greatest sin one must meditate on the lotus feet of bhagavati jagadamba rajan the holy name of devi bhagavati is so powerful in pulverizing sin that there are not enough sins yet committed so there should be no rejection even in play of one spontaneously utters the holy name of the bhagavati jagadamba the benefits that occur are unknown even to rudra and other gods rajan meditation on the holy name of shri devi is the only way to atone for one's sins therefore in fear of the influence of kali a person should retire to a holy place and there cleanse the attention and place it steadily and singly on the holy lotus feet of the bhagavati jagadamba it is important to detach the mind from all living and non living things he who worships with devotion and humility the devi bhagavati jagadamba all his sins are destroyed rajan i have told you the secret of all the scriptures you better consider all these things and settle down to worship the holy lotus feet of devi bhagavati the renewed unutterable and unpronounceable gayatri mantra is verily the name of bhagavati jagadamba almost all persons chant this mantra but because of the illusion of maya no one understands its supreme magnitude those who chant it like an ordinary mantra do not get their realization brahmins give this mantra as a special place in their hearts while chanting but not having the awareness of its grandeur and sublime majesty they too have not got realization this is the play of mahamaya
Rajan, I have told you everything in connection with yogas and their dharmas. Now what else would you like to know? Raja Janmaja said, Munivar, please tell me about all those holy places of pilgrimage on this earth, the sacred spots and the holy rivers where the gods and men should go. Also, which holy places grant boons to those who bathe and dispute, distribute arms? And finally, the protocols and the rituals when embarking on a pilgrimage. Vyasti says, Rajan, listen, I will describe those holy places where there are grand temples dedicated to the Devi. Among the rivers, the holiest is the river Ganga. There are other holy rivers which are comparable, such as Yamuna, Saraswati, Narmada, Gandaki, Sindhu, Gomati, Tamasa, Kaveri, Chandrabhanga, Chandra Bhaga, Punya, Netravati, Charmanyati, Sarayu, Tapi, and Subharmati. These are as large as the Ganga. Besides these, there are hundreds of smaller rivers. Among the rivers, those that reach the ocean are considered the highest. Those which do not reach the ocean are considered the lesser ones. From among those that reach the ocean, those rivers that are always flowing full are the holiest during the months of Savan and Bhajan, that is monsoon time. All the rivers are likened to a woman in course because all the rainwater which gets polluted in the villages flows into the rivers. Pushkar, a sacred place near Ajmer, Kurukshetra and Dharmaranya are the most holy places of pilgrimage. Other important places of pilgrimage are Prabhas, Prayag, Naimasharnya, Ancient Forest and Arbudharanya, Shishali, Ghandaman and Sumeru. These are holy mountains. Out of innumerable holy lakes, Manasa Sarovar is the holiest. Bindusar and Achodharsar are also considered holy. The sanctity of these lakes is increased by the ashrams of many munis who spend their time meditating on the Atma. Bhadrika ashram is is the most sacred. This is known to all. The, this is very Nar and Narayana perform difficulty, difficult tapasyas. Two other famous ashrams are Vamana Ashram and Shatipurusha Ashram. Ashrams are named after the Munis who did tapasya there. Rajan, like this there are innumerable holy places on the earth. And in most of these places there are temples in honor of Bhagavati Jagadamba. There are some places where if you worship according to the proper rules all sins get washed away. I will tell you about that in little later. Rajan, charity, fasting, yajna and tapasya. These are all holy and pious acts. I will tell you about these also. 
the success of a pilgrimage tapasya or charity is dependent upon the purity of the wealth or material used the attention and accuracy of the performance and the cleanliness of body and mind fruits do not come by causal means rajan dravi shuddhi purity of wealth and ingredients and kriya shuddhi cleanliness and accuracy in performance are not so difficult but mana shuddhi purity of mind is nearly impossible for most people this is because the attention is very restless and fickle and is caught in the web of worldly attractions the attention keeps getting caught in impure desires ill temper bad thoughts evil disposition misunderstandings criticisms and disagreements and how can it ever be clean and pure <coughs> desire anger greed and lust and ego all these put obstacles and pollution into tapasya renunciation and pilgrimage one should maintain a lifestyle whereby living things are not harm physically or emotionally always speak the truth never steal keep the mind pure and keep the senses under control rajan if a person absorbs all these dharmas he can obtain all the benefits of from the pilgrimage while embarking on a sacred pilgrimage if one forsakes the prescribed ceremonies due to the evil habits of an evil society then the whole purpose of the pilgrimage defeated no punyas occur rather the omissions get accumulated as sins rajan there is no doubt that a pilgrimage washes away the sins related to destiny and cleanses one but it does not have the shakti or capacity to wash a polluted and poisoned mind and attention the undertaking to cleanse the chitta attention mind is considered more holy than a pilgrimage to the ganga if one is fortunate to accomplish chitta shuddhi then a complete cleansing of body mind and soul takes place but rajan for this chitta shuddhi the satsang collective of realized souls is absolutely essential <clears throat> it is next to impossible to achieve chitta shuddhi only through reading of the vedas and shastras by obstinence or renunciation by tapasya yagya and charity vasishta ji was the son of brahma ji he had made a thorough study of the vedas and vedyas he lived on the banks of the holy river ganga in spite of all this there entered into the mind hatred and malice towards vishwamitra they became hostile towards each other and cursed each other this gave rise to a great battle between them vasti says both the munis were engaged in fighting seeing the creator lord brahma ji appeared before them extremely compassionate and kind the other devas also accompanied brahma ji he pacified them and advised them to stop fighting in compassion he also washed away the mutual curses that the munis had pronounced on each other then all the devas returned to their abodes the munis vasishta and vishwamitra also returned to their other to their ashrams after the advice of brahma ji the two munis became friends again
Rajan, this is the way in which the two Munis fought and suffered great pain and hardship. Narendra, who is there in the Triloki who has been able to conquer his ego and live in peace and joy? This proves that even superior beings find it very difficult to attain Chitta Shuddhi. Therefore, it is absolutely necessary to use all possible means to achieve purity of attention. Otherwise, pilgrimage, truth, speaking, charity or dharma, related rituals, none of them can prove effective. Shraddha, that is faith, has also been divided into three categories, Satrik, Rajasik and Tamasi. Those who are engaged in dharma and karma certainly have Shraddha in their hearts. The Satvik Shraddha is very rare to find in most beings. If the Rajas Shraddha is maintained by strict adherence to performance and ingredients, then half the fruits of Satvik Shraddha may be obtained. Rajan, those persons who mind in entangled desires and anger and who practice Tamasi Shraddha, nothing can be achieved by them. They do not get even recognition or praise. Therefore, one should use the means of satsang and attending readings of the Vedas to purify their mind and attention before visiting sacred places of pilgrimage. Then they should stay there and perform continuous worship, worships and meditation and on Bhagavati Jagadamba. One must always be wary of the influence of Kali and keep attention on the holy names of Devi. Hence, continuous worship and meditation on Bhagavati Jagadamba must be performed. One should sing praises of the Devi and wash her holy lotus feet with pure attention. One who faithfully does this can never be influenced by Kali. This is resource that can easily liberate even the greatest of sinners from worldly snares and attachments. Avarshat Koti Koti Pranams to Devi Bhagavati Jagadambu. Have a blessed day, dear listeners. Namaste.